Man, Fossil Phil, you ain't know what the fuck you talking about, bro. You ain't no blue mage. Hey, like I ain't spin since the divine top. Like I ain't tried to set up a miracle seven minute time walk. Trapping and casting the kind of magic that's slapping all of the magic you're stacking. That's like in the back end of cabin back. Flashing them back, you're saddened by my lack of compassion. What you're slacking, I'm snacking. Like I ain't the best to play this game. Force and negation targets your past in flames. Like I ain't been to infinite convention centers where the magic with a hashtag conveniently ain't the same. Like I ain't frightening, never through lightning. Like I ain't lost money trying to buy out brightling. Like I ain't a fixture, think a big picture. Shuffle back my graveyard, drink an elixir. You know I'm sculpting your mind, we'll go into time. Easy. Rabble in time, the stack is all mine. Sleazy. Heart in the veil, force and dispel. Always shuffling ponders and ask if you would like to reveal. Seriously? Like I never got choked, never got Cataclysm to crater hoof Like I never ever stared at a devil or a chalice or shepherd And planned out every way that I could kill myself So pray tell, what if what's never happened? How much more time in life would I spend being happy? Would it be a travesty to never see the epiphany of seeing a miracle Well, guns are dry, getting splattered Like I ain't smart, like I ain't hard Like I ain't sweeping the border, drawing three cards Like I ain't chic, like I ain't slick Like I ain't properly stacking these predicts Like I ain't mole, like I ain't keep Like my sorceries ain't an instant speed Like I ain't smooth, like I ain't cool Like I ain't a tricky angels Trying to come at me, tell me I ain't no blue. I'm a terminus the shit out your board, bro. Terminus the shit out your board. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Bro, are you ready to talk some deck building? Are you ready to talk some fucking deck building? Yes, let's talk some deck building. This is going to be one of the best deck building website uh, websites. Be- deck building uh, episodes, I think we we possibly could have. Also, speaking of deck building websites, since we're since we're talking about it, right? We should talk about Moxfield.com. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, dude, what one a lot of times before we get into t- talking about Moxfield, a lot of the comments that I get about our podcast, like feedback that I get from people, whether it's online or at the shop or whatever, they're like, guys. You always have the smoothest openings, and we really, really appreciate that. <laughs> the smoothest opening. Is that sarcastic, or <laughs> uh, I no, just say the very, same thing very, every time? Very serious, very serious podcast, okay? Just... Legacy is serious, <laughs> all right? I'm not trying um, to have fun. I'm trying to be serious. Yeah. So we've got our deck list uh, for the Microsynth Garden. We promised last week we are going to do Microsynth Garden decks. So we, we created some Microsynth Garden decks, and we put them up on Moxfield. Moxfield.com is a great place. Make your decks. You can use it on your Mac. You can use it on your PC and desktop. You can use it on your phone. You don't need a an application, though they are coming up with an application pretty soon. But all, all that is to say, Moxfield.com is where you should be making your decks. Like it just it makes everything so easy. You can click the buy now at TCG player link or the card kingdom link and bam you've got you just like immediately can go uh buy the cards you're missing for the deck build a collection and like keep your collection on there i'm trying to really like get that down but that's like it's a lot <laughs> it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a time anyhow that said moxville.com check it out moxville.com moxville.com bill so you were talking to andrew ahern a uh Friend and follower of the cast. Friend and follower of the cast. He plays a game story where I play uh, every week. He is a natural born brewer. Got a really creative inclination. So the the idea that we talked about at the end of last episode, where it was like, yes, you can play liquid metal coating with Microsynth Gardens and Dark Depths. Copy the dark or make the Dark Depths an artifact and copy it with Gardens, and that effectively makes it a zero mana Thespian stage to make a twenty twenty, and then you it becomes another Thespian stage. The the creative idea of that is Andrea Ahern's. We didn't come up with it. I didn't come up with it, but 
the the deck that you came up with, which I thought was really interesting, that you you naturally went to where Ahern started, which is this package of Car in the Great. Spoiler, I did not talk to Andrew Ahern about this deck. So I just like kind of based on what Phil said last week, I just kind of came up with what what I think that it would be. As per usual, if anybody uh, wants to see the deck list we're talking about. Go to the Eternal Dorados Box Field and you'll be able to see it. Right down but there at the, the bottom. So the deck list is the shell of you know, your Dark Depths package with Thespian Stage, Bikosynth Gardens, Liquid Metal Coating, and Karn, the great creator, because that's the bridge, right? We have yep. Karn working with Liquid Metal Coating, Liquid Metal Coating working with Dark Depths and Microsynth Gardens to effectively make another Thespian Stage. So you're very dense on being able to make your 2020s, but then your Liquid Metal Coatings aren't just dead cards if you don't have anything to do with it. Karn actually turns it into a very potent threat. That idea is very compelling like that shell is really interesting because it's all colorless it's all colorless so it, it leaves you a lot of options yeah and you naturally gravitated towards okay well what else works with microsynth gardens you were like okay i have this piece what works with this piece let's all let's do some synergy yeah. you came up with phyrexian dreadnought <laughs> and that's exactly what ahern did as well you guys didn't talk but you both had the same uh initial tendency of microsynth gardens worked with dreadnought so let's put dreadnought in and then aaron and i uh, along with the Game Storios owner, uh, Kev, we had a, a long discussion. I was saying that knowing or, or, or having some amount of through line for deck building theory will help be able to isolate your ideas in a way where you go, will this work or will this not work before you get to testing? Like testing, actually, you get to you get to prove theories. But as a baseline, having Dreadnought with your liquid metal coating, so you have four Dreadnought, four Stifle, four Vision Charm, you're just going very clean, like, let's just get this package going. The package of the two parts that you need of Dreadnought with the Gardens, or a Stifle or a Vision Charm to make a Dreadnought, or a Liquid Metal Coating with a Karn or a Mycothin's Gardens and a Dark Depths, there's going to be avenues here where you're going to draw Vision Charm and Liquid Metal Coating and not the pieces that they go with, and then your deck's not going to do anything. If, if you think about the what the, the, the legacy power level thing to do, we talk about that all the time. In this case, I would argue that it's making a 2020. So the plan A is making a 2020. You have the, the backup plan of Karn plus Liquid Metal Coating, but like ideally the game ends before you would get there, right? Hopefully your plan A just works and you don't need the ancillary plan. Being able to lean hard into that, Dreadnought and Stifle and Vision Charm do nothing to help either plan no no they don't well they they help you get the the dreadnought out uh but like they they're certainly not getting you a 2020 so think (laughs) i I look at it like this dreadnought in itself is its own plan that does nothing with dark depths package yes whereas karn may not do anything directly with dark depths but it does do something with liquid metal coating which is also influencing the dark depths package in the deck so it, it went like Anytime that I've talked to, like about Miracle's ABC deck building, like the theory yeah. of ABC deck building, that's that's similar where it is. It's like, I want Dark Depths, therefore I want Thespian Stage and Mycosynth Gardens. Mycosynth Gardens means that I would want Liquid Metal Coating to turn it on. I want the, the Depths package A, I want Liquid Metal Coating B, I want Karn C. And so the Liquid Metal Coating is the thing that's bridging the gap. It's similar yeah. to like, I want Terminus, therefore I want Sensei's Divining Top, therefore I want Counterbalance. Counterbalance and Terminus aren't connected. They're not the ones doing work with each yeah. other. The, the, the middle piece is, is what's working. It's similar to where I think Mystic Sanctuary sits for me right now in Miracles. But that's where Liquid Metal Coating sits in this shell, meaning that it's like a very important piece because it bridges the gap on both ends. Whereas yeah. with Dreadnought, it's not going to do any of that. Now, it does work with Mycosynth Gardens. But Karn doesn't. And so if you yeah. wanted to do liquid metal coating no longer becomes the bridge, if that makes sense, because Mycosynth, yeah. like Mycosynth Gardens becomes the bridge. Do you, see, do you see how the pieces yep. move when I'm talking? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. 
Yo, what's up, everybody? Force of Phil here with a little action post-production, the sultry baritone, so I can expand upon that point. The idea behind the ABC deck building is that the B part of your structure is what the most powerful thing in the deck is. It's the enabler. So if you think about what we're talking about with liquid metal coating in this instance, liquid metal coating is both an enabler to your C, your Michelson's Gardens, and your A, Karn, or vice versa, depending on how you build the deck. But it is the most influential part of the deck it's where like if you were to talk to somebody and say what does your deck do you would the proper response ideally would be this is a liquid metal coating deck it's the thing that actually ties the room together and maximizing that fulcrum point in your deck building will likely make your deck more consistent or more powerful in executing either side of the plan that you're trying to do all right sweet back to the episode minimizing which way like where the pressure points are because your bridge is the one that's going to be leveraged the most right yeah like if you draw it it will work with both halves like it's, it's the thing where it's like if you draw a vision term plus a liquid moto coating they don't do anything with each other but you're optimizing that if I draw liquid moto coating. It will work with either half and give me a plan that I can try and execute. Yeah. And that's that, that's valuable in deck building. It gives you consistency. I think uh, one of the other things that's worth mentioning uh, for, for this particular build is, is obviously my eight cast showed through a bit and I threw in some bobbles. I threw in lotus petals and uh, mox opals specifically because I was like, okay, like what else does Microsynth Gardens work good, at, good with if we're using liquid metal coating? And my answer became... Urza Saga, because mm -hmm. if you can take Urza Saga and turn it into uh, artifact, then you can copy it with liquid with a uh, sorry with a uh, Microsynth Gardens, and then you have another Urza Saga out, and then you can start just chaining uh, constructs. The discussion about Urza Saga because Urza Saga goes away, and Microsynth Gardens not having a basic means that it could also still get wastelanded after the fact. But like you can do the same trick that Thespian Stage does with Urza Saga. It's a, it's a cool space. It, it was one where I was like, oh, it's a little bit clunky because you have to offset the fact that you you are playing like four drops in Karn. As I evolved the conversation with Ahern, and he was talking about like what he actually wanted to execute with his deck, and that's the thing, right? Like figure out like what you actually want your deck to yeah, what you want to do, you, what you want to play. Do you want to play the Dreadnought deck or do you want to play the Dark Depths? Deck. that'll that'll help you just like figure out what you actually want to play yeah. but it's like if we're trying to optimize the dark depth side i was like well you still need to find your package right you still need to find these cards yeah. as we gravitated towards like you gravitated towards your eight cast uh inclination yeah, bobble so that i could cycle through the deck and i was looking at other dark depth cards and i I, I wasn't sure if he had a, how many he had in his deck but i was like expedition map really powerful in a shell like this because of how many pieces you have that are lands but it also makes it so that Microsynth Gardens has something else to do. So the thing that you're gravitating towards on Dreadnought, which was similar to what he did, which is I want something for my Microsynth Gardens to do other than just copying uh, a land if I yeah. with liquid metal coating because if I don't have liquid metal coating, what does it do? If you cycle it, you're essentially just you know turning it into a like a, a fiery islet or something. You're turning it into yeah. a horizon canopy. Uh, you're just sacking a land to go up a card, and that that would be in testing. Do you how how valuable is it to lose that those kinds of mana sources? But if yeah. you have something like expedition map, you can just turn your Microsynth Gardens into another tutor. There's value in those shells. That's also where Microsynth Gardens I think is really powerful. A any of the things that you can access like Urza Saga finding an expedition map, expedition map converting it, turning it into another thing those slots would be more valuable like if the dreadnoughts were expedition maps you have more powerful plays that you can make in the opening without having to go off and then you can also find pieces for interaction right now you're in blue and you're in blue because you wanted the pieces for dreadnought but it's like the second that we move into recognizing that we want to steer 
heavier towards being a dark depth deck. Ahern found that he he was testing crop rotation, found crop rotation was actually really valuable for him in that it helped a lot with combo matchups because having five bajuka bogs in your deck effectively was really valuable. Uh, crop rot for either yeah. combo piece was really valuable. If you have liquid metal coating plus piece, crop rot represents every of the other parts of your deck. If you think about all of the other good dark depth decks that don't have the cantrips, but are just mono tutors, look at green, white depths, right? It's eight creature tutors plus crop rotation it's just all tutors right and then it's green sun zenith for those tutors <laughs> what is the deck like 16 to 20 tutors right instead of cantrips i feel like this deck also can work in a similar space because it has crop rot and expedition map but also micathon's gardens can become copies of expedition map and then you have karn that lets you not only have a long game with liquid moto coding but all of the stuff outside of the board means that karn will also let you rebuild because you have all of the tools that you're not putting in your main deck to to help you uh, play the long game, but Karn can go and pull shit like Crucible of Worlds and whatever. Karn is a tutor. Expedition Map is a tutor. Crop Rotation is a tutor. Then Microsoft Gardens could become a tutor. So your deck becomes very flush at being consistent at finding what it needs. But then it's yeah. not just on, like, if your opponent's just loaded up on Source to Plowshares and you can't get a 2023, you're like, whatever, dude, I'll start strip mining you. What up, everybody? It's Force of Phil here again in the post-edit. I'm going to follow up on that point real quick. So the idea that we're getting at with where your B fulcrum point in your deck building is, in this case, it's the Liquid Meadow Coating. If you look at Zach's deck where he went with Phyrexian Dreadnought and where Ahern's deck originally was with Phyrexian Dreadnought in the first draft, the new hot toy is Micasin's Gardens. And so it felt like you wanted to make that the fulcrum point. It felt like Micasynth Gardens should be the thing that you're trying to maximize. But what Micasynth Gardens did was enable liquid metal coating to maximize dark depths. So again, liquid metal coating being the B point in your structure, the fulcrum in your, in your structure can help maximize your A plan. And so by liquid metal coating, being able to maximize Micasynth Gardens to turn on dark depths, Micasynth Gardens then can turn into the tutor pieces that maximize your plan A, the thing that you're trying to do when you sit down at the table every single game in the blind if you were to take this deck and go into a, an event you'd be like my goal when i sit down at the table is to make a 2020 until something tells me to do something else until that i recognize that that strategy won't work for some reason but in the dark the proactive thing that you're trying to do the legacy power level thing that you're trying to do is make a 2020 and so moving towards that Phyrexian Dreadnought package, getting rid of that, and moving towards things that are going to enable your plan A, recognizing the strategy and theory behind this kind of deck building, turn your bruise into something that will be more consistent and likely more powerful than if you were just looking at how do I put pieces together? If you know what the role of each piece is, then you can maximize them. All right, sweet. Back to the episode. Well, let's talk. Yeah. Let's go from from this deck. Uh, well, actually, one other thing I want to say about this deck is the other path I could have taken, uh, but didn't, was to just go like Kappa Cannoneer instead of the Dreadnought, and just like really lean into like the the Bobble aspect, and like you know maybe throw some Shadow Spear and stuff like that into the deck as well. So we're leaning on the the eight cast nature of the deck but not playing the eight cast cards. It's like a worse version of the thing, right? This whole new idea of gardens plus liquid metal coating plus dark depths, there's a ton of options, right? Like, yeah. I like the the, the the one that speaks to me the most right now is green because it also lets you get shit like Yavamaya so yeah. you can turn on your dark depths to make I color. I had just taken the herb out of, out of this deck because I was like, the, right. the black's not really doing anything. But yeah. That seems to be like the most powerful looking baseline because you look at a, a deck that does, that has all of those tutors in it and you're just like, okay, all of these cards are all the same thing. This is great. This will be consistent. And then it's about, okay, finding those weaknesses and then showing up. But Crop yeah. Rot letting you actually find those tools. But then Expedition Map also leaning you into that space. Since all of your payoffs are also yeah. lands, that if you have tutors for answers as well, 
that you can have the nice lands package in there. Like you can have the Caracas, you can have a blast zone, you can, or, or whatever it is, you know, that would be, you yeah. figure it out in testing. But like, that seems to be the most powerful thing where your opponent has to respect the power thing that you're doing, but then you're not just the glass cannon deck. You know, you could move over and play black cards because hex mage with dark depths is still a thing that exists and, yeah that is a that know, is you, a viable strategy and, and playing you, it's like playing the urborg tapping your dark depths and the urborg to put a hex mage into play sacking it and you know that's turn two 2020 pretty that's good still a powerful thing right yeah. like that 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 exists and is still a thing and can be an option michaelson's gardens it does have the like it's not good but it does have the hidden line of text of one tap at any color of mana so yeah. Even though it's 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 slow in that regard, it can fix you. It's not totally blind. So even though the the inclination is you don't need a lot of color in the deck, that part is, t- remains to be yeah. explored. Well, you it's one I mean? of the reasons why I was like, you can support eight blue cards in this deck between your, you know, your uh, moxes, your petals, uh, the seats of Synod, and the and the Thespian stage. Like you could support enough blue to make this side of the deck work. Yeah. The idea that you have Urza Saga as a as a, a tutor for map, which can find you anything that you would want. Or you could have Tudor Urza Saga for like actual pieces that matter, like like uh, other pieces that would be interesting for Microsynth Gardens to copy that are interactive. Not yeah. your 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 plan is still twenty twenty, but it it would be compelling to have to figure out are there tools that aren't classically in Urza Saga shells that yeah. could help protect your combo. Now something that comes to mind is something like Welding Jar. You know, I get that Welding Jar isn't going to protect your dark depths from um, a swords, yeah, from a swords. But what it can do is if you have a liquid metal coating on the table, it does protect you from wasteland. Yes. Because you can reactively turn your land into an artifact and weld it. Yep. So or, or, or welding jar it. So it's like things like that where it's like that sounds too cute. It probably is too cute, but it's something that this deck would theoretically have access to that other Urza Saga decks wouldn't necessarily. And that actually could be really powerful as a tool. When I say like the range of how far this this sort of deck can go in terms of its depth. It's really deep. It's really deep. The the one so let let's move over to a- Andrew's deck that you have up the Microsoft Turbodeps deck and talk about that a little bit because I think uh, I want to bridge that part of the conversation with the fact that you know Shadow Spear exists right and Shadow Spear does have that other like that other line of text about removing hexproof and indestructible from a creature right so in a situation where you're playing with Welding Jar. And your opponent has out Shadow Spear, and perhaps they're playing Dark Depths, and they have a twenty twenty, and they remove they remove uh, Indestructible from your uh, from your Merit Lage. You could Welding Jar your Merit Lage, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a stretch play, but I'm saying it's a play that exists. Uh, so let's talk about uh, what what is in Andrew's deck because I think I think that that is the more interesting uh, uh, build, obviously because it's it's fold out. There's a, there's a sideboard, so we're looking at four Karn. For Elvish Spirit Guide, for Haywire Might, for Warping Whale. More in the range of like where we talked about afterwards. Like this is yeah. where he's taken it after some conversation. Yeah. I like Inscribed so, Tablet here as well. That's, in, that's so, a neat new card, actually. So Inscribed Tablet, which is a one-mana artifact that has one tap, sacrifice it, reveal the top five cards of your library, put a land from among them into your hand, the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If you didn't put a land in your hand this way, you draw a card. It's effectively their version of a fixed expedition map. It's like yeah. the one that doesn't have to make you pick up your deck and shuffle. So it's yeah. it's uh, effectively expedition maps five through eight because we were like, well, if we want a density of tutors, this was also the challenge of like, can we stay as colorless yeah. as possible? That now we have eight tutors tutors to find lands, even though you know inscribed tablet isn't necessarily a tutor. It's close if you're playing a lot of lands, you can you, you'll be able to find a lot of what you want. And Micahson Gardens effectively then becomes like this big portent for a spell if you needed to, or yeah. a, a big ponder rather. 
And then he went down to three liquid metal coatings, so he would have the option of getting one with a Karn because he is on four Elvish Spirit Guide, four Ancient Tomb. Uh, he's on the uh, Yavamaya. You can see that like this package has like a lot of fast mana. But another cool thing, similar to that welding jar idea with liquid metal coating, is what else opens up? Haywire Might lets you turn any non-creature into uh, exile. exile it. Yeah. And liquid metal coating lets you hit that shit. Like you can turn anything you want. So it's if you think about it like the way that Karn can turn liquid metal coating into a strip mine, so is Haywire Might. Because you can turn their you land can hit into a land artifact. too. That's what I mean. You can turn you can turn yeah. all of that. The, like it, it effectively turns liquid metal coating and haywire might into a vindicate, even though it can't hit creatures because uh, haywire might specifically says non creature, non creature. Yeah, it, it hits everything else. So still, it's, yeah. it's, it's that that is really powerful. The the warping whale, which uh, again a, a nod to staying colorless, it, it does a couple of things. It's an instant speed ramp, so you can like you can go ancient tomb, pass warping whale, end step, making a scion, untap, play land, play Karn. Yeah. So it's a it's a ramp. It's a it's a it's a lotus petal that costs mana, right? Yeah. With some other options between cast like countering a sorcery spell. That means that if you're concerned about your opponent's prismatic ending on hitting your critical piece, stop that. Yep. It gives you a little bit more game against combo decks like Doomsday, right? It, it, it's incidental, but it's nice to have that because otherwise yeah. the deck is fairly soft to it. And then Exile uh, target creature with power one or less. It gives you some staying power. It gives you some amount of interaction against the decks on the draw where you're, you're, you're on the play. Moving into Elvish Spirit Guide, moving into Warping Whale, you can see that the, the main focus here is that there, it's fast mana. So you can make sure that you turbo out your con. The thing is that your Dark Depths also needs a density of mana. You know, you need the Dark Depths plus two mana plus the, the Thespian stage if that's the plan. Or if you think of Liquid Metal Coating and Microsynth Gardens, Thespian stage is the Microsynth Gardens, it's the same amount of mana because you yeah. still need two mana for the Liquid Metal Coating, even though it taps for free. So if you look at the Thespian stage tap for two versus the Liquid Metal Coating costing two, your, your mana requirements for pulling off either version of the combo yeah. is the same. So if you can just be like, okay, the plan is I need to get to these combo pieces pieces plus i need two mana for the activation of them it's the same across the board so now you can be consistent across the table knowing what are the pieces that i actually need in every opening hand so one of the things I, that i think in playing a lot of edh over the last few years is that that i've learned is that like ramping into your four drop you know that like turn two do the thing turn three play the four drop is actually like extremely powerful and even if it's like not good like card economy Sometimes just like dropping dropping your four drop on like a turn early is enough to just like totally tilt a game. It's enough to totally tilt a game a lot of the time. And Karn in particular, because it has the static ability, can just shut down some decks that otherwise yeah. would be problems for you. Karn incidentally does a lot of work because it was printed in War of the Spark and that entire set is busted. Additionally, like, okay, where does the deck go after? Like, what are the problems that the deck going to be? Well, your Urza Saga, eventually they go away, right? It sacks itself. Your Microsynth Gardens, if it's doing what it's doing, it's either copying your Expedition map and becoming more tutors and going away, or it's doing what we talked about with Liquid Metal Coding and it's copying your Urza Saga and eventually it goes away. Like you have, you're gonna have, you're gonna run into issues where your cards go away and Wasteland is a powerful card in the format. But yeah. he's he he's testing out Petrified Field as a means to be able to recur. Here's, I really like here's that. Here's cool tech, right? For for interaction, he's on four Wasteland, right? He's a, he's a, he's going to care about Wasteland. He wants to be able to hit his opponent's mana, but like being able to Wasteland your opponent's Wasteland preemptively sometimes can be valuable. Petrified Field lets you pick up Wasteland. And then there's this the, the, the nice little thing of what you already want of Crucible and the world's on the sideboard off of Karn. The inevitability of the deck, like it, having these tools in the deck, rather than being like, okay, I'm going to play not of this world to protect the combo. You're like, I have a great long game between Karn and Liquid Metal Coating, and I'm playing a lot of fast mana to get to that yeah. end game a lot sooner. If, if the cards that deal with Dark Depths going off, 
rather than trying to spend, rather than trying to be like, I'm all in once. I want to protect my, I'm the combo deck and I want to go once in and I want that to be the end of the game. This deck can go in and rebuild. Like, yeah, a that's lot the thing. Is like power. between like Karn and Lattice, Karn and Crucible, just Karn and Liquid Metal Coating by itself. Like, there's a lot of synergy in this deck where you don't have to just like 2020 them to to win the game. Being able to recognize as you're building your deck, Turbo Depths wants to end the game a lot sooner. You're like, I want A plus B of these two things, and then I want to protect it. So yeah. if you think like the protection part of it is the C plan, right? Like yeah. it doesn't do anything otherwise, but like I want, I, I that that fills out. I want Dark Depths, therefore I want Hex Mage. Therefore, I want the I want to be able to protect this A plus B combo. Yeah. Yo, what up, everybody? It's Force of Phil here in the editing room again. I don't understand why I was so inarticulate this episode, but let me expand upon that point real quick. The idea here being able to isolate which parts of your deck fall into your plan A, your plan B, and your plan C in your ABC deck building construction also lets you isolate what pieces go where as you're playing the game. So if you're thinking to yourself, I want to maximize the plan A still, if we're still in that portion of the game, then you'll know what tools to deploy and when to deploy them, rather than if you were trying to optimize your plan C in a given point in the game plan. So it also lets you look at your mulligans and look at each card for the role that they're doing in the deck. Like you look at each piece that you have comprised your deck with and say, these are the pieces that maximize my plan A during my mulligan decisions. And therefore, I know that this is a keepable hand or not. Same thing if you are looking at, you know, the inscribed tablet in this particular instance and are choosing which tool that you actually want. A lot of tools may seem like good options and a way to simplify that choice, to simplify that decision making process is to know where are we in the game? to maximize the part of the deck that I'm trying to maximize and then make the decision going towards that plan, that plan A, that plan C, given that your fulcrum is the most powerful part of your deck that you're trying to enable. So I hope that was helpful. Also, let me know if this sort of intermixed post-production uh, conversation is valuable and maybe when I uh, see something that I can expand upon when I'm editing an episode, I'll continue to do this sort of thing. All right, back to the episode, sweet. I appreciate the also that like the main deck, the main deck Pithy Needle is here. So that you can Urza Saga that out, like, as you're trying to get your combo going and just be like, all right, I'm going to go get my one drop. And your opponent's like, okay, well, I, I, I'm ready with my Wasteland for when they, uh, they uh, you know, get their Dark Depths going. And you're just like, it's in play. I'm going to say Wasteland. Yeah. And they're like, I can't, they can't interact with that at all. Like, it just like, it, it just goes into play, right? Like, you're not casting it. You're just like, boop, it's in. Like, hey, why am I on the battlefield? That's like, yeah. Easily, easily tutorable off of Urza Saga. When it dies, it also gains you life. This yeah. deck has grind, and it can maneuver because everything in the deck is cheap, and it's a lot of tutors. Yeah, I have to say the the um, the gain life clause on Haywire Might is actually amazing. Uh, I the, the amount of times I've I've like used that, it's been pretty relevant, especially in the mirror match uh, in eight cast, uh, where you're like, you know, you're both doing ancient tomb damage, and like, you know, the, the the whole game like hinges on like being able to use your mana and not like die to your opponents like ten ten. It's it, the that that part of that card is actually pretty relevant. I I think we were talking about it last time too. Every card in this deck, it, even though they they all work towards one like one of the goals of the deck, like the A part of the deck or the C part of the deck, like they're all trying to do one of those two things. Because Haywire Might plus Liquid Metal Coating does similar to what the the initial plan of what Karn wanted to do, which is I can just strip mine you, right? Yeah. Like I can I can I I can just Armageddon you. And you won't be able to play the game, and then I eventually win because I have, I like, I have, I can play and you can't. Yeah. And I imagine that in practice, a lot of what would happen be between the four wasteland, 
Haywire Might plus Liquid Metal Coating, Karn plus Liquid Metal Coating, that uh, even, yeah. even, even Micasynth Gardens copying a Haywire Might to do it again the following turn, or if you have yep. the mana to continue doing that. And so it's like, there's a lot, a lot of strip mines in this deck. It doesn't necessarily read it at first glance, but like Haywire Might, Karn, Liquid Metal Coating all together, Gardens copying Haywire Might, Karn getting the Crucible of Worlds to pick up Wasteland or Micasynth Gardens copying the Haywire Might or getting back the Petrified Field to pick up the Micasynth Gardens to do it. Like, like it all goes towards the same target, which is stopping you from being able to play, which is yeah. a really powerful plan. And while that's going on, like, while you can just choose to do that, they have to respect Dark Depths. Yeah. If they know that Dark Depths is there, they also have to respect it. So they have to play in such a way where they can't just die to a 2020, but then you get to punish them for not acting this, by this is, stripping them. This plays in a, in a similar way to like that Living In played in Modern where like they would just start with like, they'd be like, and Stone Rain and Beast Within and I've got a Fulminator Mage. And you're like, I don't have enough mana to, to interact with my opponent anymore. And then they're yeah, just like, so, okay, I've been cycling stuff too, and and uh, now I'm gonna cast uh, a cascade spell to get my living in to go off. You know, and this is where this is where I I want to talk about something that I don't think we've talked about with ABC deck building before. Choosing your C plan because a, a lot of times there like it may you, there may be options right, like there may be yeah. flexibility in that. Not always, not every deck is like that, but some decks something like this that has flexibility like that. Thinking about what the legacy power level thing that your deck does. It implies that your opponent has to respect the thing. Yeah. Right? If you're coming to the table and going and you put Dark Depths in play, they have to respect the Dark Depths because otherwise they could die to it. Yeah. So they have to behave in such a way that they respect the legacy power level thing to do. If my opponent sits down and I know what their deck does, I have to respect the thing and not die to it. Otherwise, I'll die to it. Yeah. And so being able to go, okay, what is the thing that my opponent is weak to? If they behave in such a way that is respecting the power level thing that I'm doing and then punishing them for it. And that's yeah, where this, I was. That does that, that for sure. Which is, which is where when we, when talking with Ahern, when he came up with the, the initial idea and then scoping to get to where the, his deck list is now, which is at a spot where it's like, okay, now let's test, right? Like this, yeah. this, this, this is in theory, this is structurally really sound. Let's see what tools are actually working in given the meta that we're in. Because that's what testing is for. Testing isn't to see yeah. if your deck works. The testing is to see, whenever somebody's like, oh, we should play test. I think of testing as we have the theory of what our deck will do. And then we test to see if it's doing the thing that in theory it's supposed to in the given meta that we're in. Yeah. And then what are the tools that we have to adjust for that meta to then to continue applying the theory that we believe should be working. We learn we will learn in testing those one of two things. Either we don't have the right, correct tools and therefore we need to adjust the deck list. Or the, the meta that is, is so powerful against the thing that we're trying to do that the deck is poorly positioned in the meta and we shouldn't play it. Yeah. Like, that's how that's how I would come to those conclusions. So I think, like, a deck like this, like, if anybody was looking at saying, oh, man, I really want to try a deck list like this out, I would start here, see what's not working, and then because you're already in green and you wanted to stay mostly colorless, this is, like, shallow. This is as shallow as we're going to go. Because yeah. after this, the, the next thing would be, okay, if we want to add more green, then we can move into crop rotation. Okay. Ancient stirrings. Petro- exactly. Yeah. Right. Stuff like that. One of the petrified fields can come to become a Caracas if I need the Caracas or it can become the Bajuka bog or it can be, yeah. you know, that's figuring out what those tools are like the Caracas or the Bajuka bog. Those are meta calls, yeah. right? They're not necessarily in your main deck. Always. Those are calls that you would do for a given meta that you expect. And so you can leverage those. Hey fam, Force Phil here in the editing room again. Going to maximize that point real quick. The idea of those kinds of tools for the given meta that you're looking for. Those are ways to attack the meta. And that's what you find in testing. But those things don't necessarily 
uh, help enable your plan A or your plan C. They're not necessarily in, ingrained structures as part of your deck. They work with parts of your deck to attack a given meta or problems that the deck has within the meta that it's trying to be deployed in. All right, sweet. Back to the episode. But anyway, I'm monologuing, but yeah. I, I think that like this, 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 <laughs> well, this, 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 this deck was just such a cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, cool I, I really appreciate these like deep dives into like just a just a like a real cool idea and seeing how far we can take them. This looks like this looks like the kind of de- kind of deck I would love to take to to F and M and like see how it does. See if I can see if I can you know break even with it, and if I can break even, then see if I can like pull a four zero. You know, I just want to point out too that like there there some of the choices that ha- have been figured out here. One of them in the sideboard is an ensnaring bridge, and yeah, Karn can get ensnaring bridge. But it sure does seem weird to have an ensnaring bridge in your dark depths deck. Yes, right. It it, it feels like it. But should you work. can exile but it and then attack with your twenty. Having access to like that in a in a strong tutor package, that's where it goes. In theory, yes, the game ends before we ever get there. Yeah. But I can punish my opponent for behaving in such a way that they're respecting the dark depths. That if I put them under, like they're like, okay, I have to hold down. I'm gonna sit behind this wasteland and try and trunk you. It gives you the out because your long game is I'm gonna sit behind this car and stone rain you. Yeah, and then and then you get to a point where it's like, okay, well, since you don't have anything else you can do, now we just have to wait till I draw my haywire might uh, and kill my kill my ensnaring bridge, and the game is over. You and get you, and then yeah. and then this deck right now just incidentally gets Giganta. It just gets to have it. Yeah, why not? Why, right? why not? Why not have Giganta? If you can, if you can, you should. We, you should always, guys, guys. You should always just like always be ready to just play Giganta. It's it's there. Always, always have it's, your companion. Yeah, you know, just just always be thinking in in the back in the back of your head. Can my deck just have this card between Giganta and Karn? This this deck is sixty cards, and you you just have access to every card every game. Yeah, even in your side. Pretty great. The only card, the only card that you don't have access to, po- like in your main board, like in your game one, is Leyline of the Void. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, He's yeah. playing four Leyline of the Void. That's the only card that you theoretically don't have access to in game one. Everything else you can do. The beauty of that is that still you aren't dead to uh, a graveyard deck because you have Tormod's Crypts in your board as well, so you can like get the Tormod's Crypts if if you have to, you know, in game one. That's and that's an example of like if testing is valuable that you were like, well, maybe I don't need the bog because yeah. I have access to this kind of graveyard hate. He's got the ley line of the voids in the in the board plus the Tormod's Crypt, so you can tell that he's concerned about graveyard graveyard. That's a meta call. When when you know like one third of your uh board is to is to kill out and like a specific plan. And it might yeah. find that like, hey, I actually really want the Crop rotations, like if if we evolve to recognize that, like oh, this something like Caracas or something like Blastone or whatever would actually yeah. be valuable to me, and I want the crop rotations. Then you go, okay, well, I can then get save up even more space in my board because if I put the Bajuka Bog in the main and then I have crop rots and I have Tormod's Crips, yep. now I have so many Bog effects that I probably don't even need the ley lines, and I can free up four slots. That, well, that's that's where testing comes in. But it, the cool stuff here too is the Shadow Spear. You can make your twenty twenty, and it doesn't matter if they have a blocker suited up. That that was the. That that was the other list, right? There's not a third list. That was the list that was yeah. that I wanted so, to chat with. So, yeah, yeah. so with with that said, we're going we're gonna pull on to the end of the episode. I did want to show everyone that I am sending out more cards. Pick a couple more real fast. If you comment below, please like, subscribe, comment, all that stuff. Uh, if you comment below, uh, this week one of our commenters will be receiving 2005, and we got uh, oh, and the 2003 is back. So someone someone has a chance to win the uh, Chrome box this time. Because uh, whoever uh, won it before did not uh, 
you know, waited a month, didn't talk. I was, to me, I was so. gonna say, wh- whoever, whoever's winning this stuff, like, get on it because I honestly feel like you pulling out and sending these off, calling out winners every time, yeah. every episode. I'm just like, man, this thing that we got at Eternal Weekend is endless. There's just yeah. so many. It, well, that's why I started doing multiple. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. We're gonna do two more actually because we're gonna do one for the uh, for the Patreons. The Patreon. Also, uh, also, we're we're gonna get. You're gonna pull one. You're gonna pull one, and we're we're just gonna give one to Ahern. Ahern's a winner. Because okay. uh, he was the inspiration for the episode of that's, coming that up is with true. the, if the you, idea. If you, so. uh, I feel like yeah, if you submit a good idea, we should we should reward that. So Ahern, here we go. We're gonna shuffle. Let's see. All let's the, see. What, let's the see what he's getting. Rest see of what he's the, getting. these here. It's gonna be 1997. Wow, very uh, powerful. Very so powerful. 1997. And then, and then uh, I think no, 2018 was the uh, one for our Patreon supporters. Uh, so there we go. 1997. Let's find out what 1997 is for Andrew here, so that we can congratulate him by letting him know which which card he ha- he is going to receive. I can't imagine that 97 was a was a big was a big pull year, but uh, we're, we're gonna find was out. It, I don't know, man. Was, is it a Homelands year or is it a is it the yeah. Dark? Who knows? So we've got 96. Just, uh... Is uh, Limdol's vault? Did the Backstreet Boys exist yet? No, they trade didn't. Wind Rider. Trade Wind Rider. Oh hell yeah! Uh, he's gonna it, love it's a that. great he'll, art he'll, too. He'll... We'll pop that art over there. Trainman Ryder, great in pre-modern. Lots of fun in pre-modern. So, uh, so that that one that one will go to Andrew. Uh, if you guys have ideas for uh, for deck building episodes, that's a great thing to comment down below. If we choose uh, your idea, I I will gladly send you uh, something from from our gigantic, still very still a ton of cards in this secret layer. People, make sure that you uh, check your comments too because. Sometimes I reach out and I'm like, hey, just like hit us up in the Discord or whatever. And then you never do. And then I like after like, you know, a month, I got to put them in there. Anyhow, we got uh, three coming out this week. So the, those are done. And uh, please comment, like, subscribe. I know it's not a giant deal for you. It's just like a click of the button, but it's huge for us getting uh, getting us up to we're at 440 now. We're almost to 500. That's going to be a big giveaway. I, I might just finish this box off at 500 just because of. Because it's so much counting all this stuff. But, uh, what's our, our, our let, we're setting a, a big goal for the by the end of the year. We're, we're trying to get to a K by the end. I of the I want to get to a K by the end of the year. I think, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's very doable. F- final, final thing we still have up on our uh, store, which you can find uh, in the links below, our uh, what it do T-shirts, our side event end bosses, and the classic, the classic uh, Eternal Dirtles T-shirt. Catch you guys next week, Phil. I'll see you next week, and uh, be good, everybody. Turn one, exploration, turn these fields, crop rotation, sifting meadows, elves are playing and bajooka, bog drain jogs away, then we cast our way into the north, dark depths abound, the legend scores of merit lage, in its slumber, Valakut awakens, crashes thunder, the mountains crumble into rubble, flagstones twist the ground asunder, planes arise, tectonic tumbler, evolving wilds, fill the bunkers, we venture to the tabernacle, where reliquary nice to battle with riders from the avalanches, who destroy plants, farm trees, and ranches, the journey seeking the mox diamond, a piece of where no one could find a kaleidoscope of ancient magic to fuel their whole world's demographic. The secret to its potent mana derives from the lands that have been abandoned. Where Obosh is near a companion, a demon, horror, nightmare, alien. Abruptly, the blood moon arises. Simeon spirits pray it guides them to the legendary eye of Ugin that harbors alien intruders. Who hopes to blind eternities. Warp worlds irreversibly. Except Caracas, the lone safe haven where legends unite to fight to save them. They travel to the land of Thraden to break the vaults where hell has stayed in. Releasing demons, plagues, and angels want 
to fend off a disdainful But a demon's contract unfulfilled With a chain-veiled mage who's been instilled With everlasting youth and power Quakes the dead in a field of flowers Where grass blows a bright green aura That shimmers off the lotus cobras Who slither in a forbidden orchard Where the demon wrestles holy torture The grotto gathers oath the druids Nine hermits who are nature fluent To call forth a scape shift of magma And banish the demon in a glacial of chasm But the heat that they just feel the ground Melts the age-old ice that entraps the bound An avatar so diabolic It's reign of terror is catastrophic Vespians have told the tale of an avatar blow with boldest scales who blocks the sun and all its life engulfing worlds in eternal night where prairies are turned into Vesuvas the demon shape shifts into Garuda a cracking horror so infernal some flowers bend to become nocturnal changelings rampage on the islands the waves cast paid down on the highlands the dryad arbors drown in silence but the willows still burn in defiance the flames contain their evil minion whose tentacles flash down from the deepness and bash away the punishing fire cast by the trackers who will not tire they fight to their death just like the Abdon the rhino sees the mile of python who waked his way up on the shore where it scored then baked by a flash trip or which burst up from the sand below from the lonely sandbar which split and throws a royal that spins a tornado that flings large sharks across its airflow rudas pulled into a whirlpool by for so strong jet eyes can twirl through the demons sealed down in the ocean as the forest morphs in slow motion yavin maya's cradle gathers the vegetation left in tatters revitalizes all its essence with misty colors effervescent rain falls on the vast horizon with vasa waves her magic by then imprisoning the demon giant within the ties forever silent uh what's up girl